Hey everybody and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. What's up guys? We hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mike Keneally. We are your hosts of the Young Adults Today podcast. So thank you for tuning in on this awesome Monday. And this week is Valentine's Day. Ooh la la. And can you believe it? I can believe it. That's how fast years and times go. 2023, starting the year off strong. And uh, we are going to have a conversation Mm -hmm. about singleness and contentment. Our guest is Mm -hmm. Hannah Shermerhorn. Hannah, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, we are so thrilled to have you and to speak into this topic. And we're kind of kind of lean into some contentment and singleness today. So if you find yourself as a listener where you're like, wow, V-Day is like D-Day to me, like game over. It's something I look dread. I don't look forward to it. Then this conversation is for you. Then this conversation is for you because you will walk away encouraged, hopefully inspired and um, willing to enjoy the process of whatever God's going to uncover for you and to your heart today. So and I just say, I just say like, look, we drop new episodes every Monday, tomorrow's Tuesday, tomorrow is Valentine's day. And our hope for you as a listener is that wherever you're at on the journey of life, single, Mm -hmm. dating, engaged, married, that you would find joy, that you would find contentment. And especially there might be a single person that God's placed in your life who maybe they just went through a heartbreak. Maybe they just went through a breakup. So this episode can be for you. It can also be for that friend who maybe they're struggling. Yeah. Maybe they're really frustrated about being single. And so be praying for, be be thinking about your single people mm-hmm. that God's placed in your life. But let's introduce our guest. Hannah Schirmerhorn lives in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. By day, she's an electrical engineer who's also had a background in legal business, global marketing. She is recently married. We'll talk about that, but the author of a brand new book launching this week. Great timing on that, Hannah, but it's called A Single Life to Live. Stop waiting for your life to begin and thrive where God has you today. And before we talk about single and contentment, which we will. Hannah, can you just share some of your life journey of your story, maybe from where you've come from Mm -hmm. and growing up and even into college and career? Yeah, definitely. Do you want uh, more of the career side or the singleness side or both? Let's do both. Yeah, both. Okay. Sounds good. I'll cover it all. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, I'm Hannah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I grew up in the church. Um, so I kind of was raised Christian from my parents, everything like that. And um, I was born in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, then moved to Milwaukee for college where I studied electrical engineering. Uh, while I was there, I kind of had this stereotype from my church culture that I would find someone in college and probably get married right after that because that happened for a lot of my friends and people I looked up to and things like that. So in college, I actually found someone that I was dating for most of college. And as we reached graduation, we decided we wanted to take 
the next step and get get engaged and then get married. So we got engaged and started planning our wedding. We decided where we were going to live, how many kids we wanted to have, all of those sorts of things. And we moved forward getting ready for our wedding. But then a couple months before we were going to get married, we got these books from our photographer. And there's a book that was his and hers. And it was how well do you know your fiance? And there's all these funny questions in the books, like, you know, what's their favorite movie? What's their favorite book? Things like that. But then there's one very particularly serious question of he's gotten over an addiction. And I was like, sweet. Yes, he has, because we had worked through a lot of my fiance at the time having an addiction. And we kind of talked about how we wouldn't get married until we were sure we were past that. But when I asked this question, he said, actually, I haven't. And it's been a lot worse than it was before. Um, So I was just devastated. And we tried to make things work. And it was just really hard. I took it very personally and was reaching a really, really dark place and just praying for God for clarity on the situation. But then one day we met up and my fiance said that what he was doing wasn't a sin and that it was my fault that I had a problem with what he was doing. Other people would be accepting of it. And it was my fault that our relationship had reached where it was. So I was devastated, but it was what I needed to break off our engagements. And just a few months before we were supposed to get married, I became something that I did not expect. And that was being single. So reaching the end of college, I no longer had a plan of where I was going to live, you know, I was going to get married, all those things. Basically, everything was wiped clean on my slate of what I planned for life. And I just had to trust and see what was going to happen. So I was pretty upset. I was very depressed doing a lot of counseling, everything like that. I ended up getting a very different job than I expected. I went to a law firm and I did patent engineering where I wrote patents for a long time. Um, And then I didn't necessarily love that because just sitting and writing patents is like the most boring form of writing if you've ever written a patent is so dry and so technical and I like more fun writing than that. So after a year, I switched over to a company called Rockwell Automation, which does a whole bunch of automation of things like roller coasters or assembly lines or things like that. And I worked in the business and then I also worked in marketing there. Um, So I was doing all of that. But while that was going on, I kind of had this whole journey where in six years of singleness about from the time that I broke off that engagement to the time I started writing my book, I went from being really upset about being single and just being like, God, why do you have me here? What's the purpose of my life? I feel like I'm just stuck in a situation I don't like. Why do I need to be here? Wouldn't it be better just for me to die and be in heaven and be happy? Like, why do I need to be alive? And what, what am I supposed to be doing here? But as time went by, I had sermons and different experiences, mentors, meeting people, all sorts of things that really changed my mind. So I realized that six years after my engagement had been broken off, all of a sudden, I just absolutely loved my life. And I was thrilled to wake up in the morning and I felt like I had purpose and I had God's love and I just had everything I need to really live a life that was fulfilling. And maybe sometime I'd get married and matter to me. I knew God had a plan for me and everything was good where I was. So it took me a while. I started kind of writing down my journey and thinking about things and seeing different single people in the Bible and what they'd been through and how that applied to our lives as singles. Um, I started thinking about it, but it took me a while to really be convinced to write the book. 
So I slowly kind of started doing it every night after I went home. And after a year, I had a manuscript and then went on to have about two years of trying to get published, eventually got published last year. And my book is coming out this Valentine's Day. So I'm super excited. God's just blown my mind with all the things he's been doing. So exciting, Hannah. And uh, what a journey, right? It might not, not be the journey that you had written, but we're also not the authors of our own story, God's author and perfecter of our faith, our journey. And he has a plan through it all in singleness, in relationships. And uh, this past week, no exaggeration, I got two different text messages. One, young adult who, and, and we're young adult pastors. So this is part of our, our life and just mm-hmm. investing in the faith of the next generation. But the first text was a young guy broke off an engagement. Mm-hmm. And heartbreaking, no breakup that I've ever went through or had had known someone to go through is fun. Right. So we never want to minimize yeah. that. The second text though that I got is from a young couple that has been married um, about eight years, seven, eight years, and they're filing for a divorce. Mm-hmm. And what mm-hmm. I'd say to somebody who's just gone through a breakup or somebody who is single is that Micah often says, you are single until your wedding day. Mm -hmm. And we would so much rather, and I believe this, that God would so much rather have you even go as far as to break off an engagement as heartbreaking as that is, as painful as calling off a wedding day is, we would always rather have you break off an engagement than suffer through and go through years of a miserable marriage. And then if you are unhappily single or unhappily engaged to get married, to settle in the process, and then to have to go through the pain and the agony because you will be unhappy of divorce. And yeah, so I, I just think that that's something that is really important. And this is one of the most popular topics in ministry with Mm -hmm. young adults. It's like when we talk about singleness, when we Mm -hmm. talk about relationships on average on the podcast, about 10 times as many listeners show up. Mm -hmm. And Micah, why do you love the topic of singleness and relationships, dating, sex, waiting? Why do you love it so much? Oh man, I think I love it so much because I can relate to it. Very similar to elements of Hannah's story and to see the hurts, hurdles, and hangups that people are walking through to know that I've walked through it. And just, it's an opportunity. Like God can take the, the ashes and make them a beautiful love story offered back to him. Right. And I just love to see people set themselves up for success and choose God's way over the world's way or over their own way when it comes to relationships. Because when you marry your best friend, when you get to worship in church with your best friend, when you get to travel with your best friend and do life and build a family, build a house, build a future. And like all of that, like, it's just so fun to see, like, I want to become the best version of myself. And the person that you choose to spend the rest of your life with should not bring out the worst in you. They should bring out the best in you and make you a better person in the process of you becoming a better person for not only yourself and for God, but for them and the people around you. So I guess I just, I don't like to see the 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 hurt and like the tears and the, I wish I wouldn't have, why did I, did God allow this? Did I make the wrong decision? Like, I would rather have people break something off and experience the hurt before they settle for a lifetime of, I don't know, disaster on earth and then begin to look elsewhere. So to see the pink flags yeah. before they turn into a red flag, um, 
I think it's so fun. And then to be able to come alongside so many of the people I've been able to mentor through, you know, life and breakups like that. But then to be like, wow, we're invited to your wedding. You want us to marry you? You want us to marriage mentor you and marry you? And we believe in building strong marriages, not strong wedding days. Yep. So when we talk about yes. marriage oh, is yeah. a gift from God, singleness is a gift from God. And no matter what side you're on listening to this podcast, you're probably frustrated by what you don't have. Or if you're married, you might miss what you did have that you didn't take advantage of when you were single. I should have traveled more. I wish I would have spent more time with friends. I wish I would have furthered my education. I wish I would have got out of debt. I wish I would have, I mean, fill in the blank. We all have something large or small. Um, once you do get married that you're like, Oh, I wish I would have managed my time a little better or understood like, wow, I'm a slob and I really should have learned how to be better roommate, <laughs> whatever it is. Like we're always being yep. prepared and groomed for something down the road that we don't always see or know, but it's those elements that I think I just love seeing people choose wow. the right person instead of, you know, settling for something along the way that's not of God and not prayed into it over. So that was my answer. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I, it reminded me too, like one of the stories that was super impactful for me was, you know, something I'd learned since I was a kid. And that's the story of Joseph, where he went through years of just horrible thing after seemingly horrible thing after horrible thing. But then like God's working in all of that for this amazing ending. And yeah. whether that amazing ending is, oh yeah, I'm going to find someone, or maybe it's just a better life where I'm really serving God and I'm finding my calling. Like God is working through all that. And that was such an eye opener to me of like, I can't, can't see what the ending is and Joseph had no idea what his ending was either but in every situation he just decided like I'm going to make the most out of this I'm going to work hard I'm going to do this yeah. and it's incredible yeah it is incredible we just heard uh, Pastor Levi Lusco share and and he flipped the script on the story of Joseph who was as a young adult or a teenager he had a dream mm -hmm. and he shared his dream mm -hmm. focused on his dream he was fixated on his dream but Pastor Levi pointed out like it wasn't until Joseph started mm -hmm. interpreting the dreams of others and helping other people's dreams, focusing on the dreams of other people, this selfless switch, this selfless act to realize that it's not about me and mm -hmm. that even his dream was for the good of a nation and a mm -hmm. generation yeah. and to save God's people. Like, But it wasn't until his story changed that he started focusing on interpreting the dreams of others. And I think mm -hmm. that there's so many young adults, Hannah, who are waiting to get married, to live. Yes, and I was one of them. <laughs> wow. So we yeah. want you to talk about this because so many people believe the myth where, oh, once I get married, my life will be cured. My problem is my singleness. And as soon as that yeah. problem solved, I'll be content. When actually, mm -hmm. I don't know that that's the case. I think that that can be such a myth. So can you talk about... What would you say to the person who's put their dreams, who's put their life on hold until right. the wedding ring or the wedding day? And they're, they're hoping to spend hundreds of hours planning a wedding day, thousands of dollars. And what would you say to the young adult who's put their dreams on hold to wait to maybe be married someday? Yeah, I feel like there's so, so many pieces there, but I feel like there's a couple of key things. And that is the fact that regardless of if you like where you're, you are or not, God is letting you be where you are for a reason. And God is a way better author than I could ever be, than any of us could ever be. And the more I pay attention to that, the more I see that 
every time I wanted something and God didn't let me have that thing, it's because something better was in store in the future. And maybe I haven't seen that right away. Maybe it will be when I'm in heaven that I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, like this person was influenced by the fact that I went through this and this happened and this happened, things like that. But God has you there for a reason. He's letting you be there for a reason. And he knows that you're struggling in it. He knows that you have pain in it and he cares about that. But it's because he has something so much better for you that he's letting you go through that. It's because he loves you. So I think you either have the choice to be like, I'm going to be upset because God is not doing what I want him to do in my life. Or you can be like, God's letting me be here. So I'm going to make the most of this and be very happy. And I think the thing that helped me a lot was thinking about what does my life need to look like so that I don't care if I'm single or if I'm married? Like what steps can I take to move toward maybe what my calling is or my passion or things like that? In the beginning of my singleness, I had no idea. Like what do I want to be pursuing? What are these things? I have a job, but I'm not super excited about the job maybe is kind of how I felt. But then as I started thinking like, oh, I can start helping singles. I can do this. Then I started having this purpose and this calling where I would stay up till midnight every night, just writing and working on it and talking to people. And then I realized as I'm doing this, it doesn't matter that I'm not in a relationship. I just love what God has called me to do right now. And this gives me so much excitement. This thrills me that whether I get married or not, like that's awesome. That's a blessing that, you know, I may or may not have. I might be blessed with singleness, might be blessed with marriage. That's totally up to God. Like I love my life and it doesn't matter what that circumstance is. And I think that's so good and refreshing, probably for the listener and also for us to hear because I think it's so true to understand like God has a purpose in our singleness as well as in a future marriage, if that's a part of his plan and to know that we're never going to arrive. I think specifically women, I feel like, um, maybe I'm speaking on term, but I, many women that I've talked to and in myself included, like when I get married, I'm going to arrive. And then mm-hmm. you set back and you're like, wait, the person that I'm going to marry, like, they're not going to complete me. They should compliment me. Like our spiritual gifts, our skill sets, our personalities will strengthen and, um, you know, just complement one another and not complete one another. And I think sometimes right. we are that person and we're idolizing a relationship that we don't have, or we're, we're idolizing the person that we are dating. We put them on a pedestal and we put them before God. So when that relationship ends, it's like everything dissolves with it. Oh, who am I? What's my purpose? What's God's plan? I don't have a place to live. I I don't know who I'm going to like share my life with. I don't know who's going to be the father to my children or the mother to my children. Oh my gosh. Like my education means nothing. Like it may feel like that in the moment, but the reality of it is God is in it all. And when we realize that singleness is truly a gift, and I know you want to kind of come through your speakers or at the at the screen when I say that singleness is a gift, but marriage is also a gift too. And when we steward our singleness well, and we fix our eyes on God, we don't look for someone in the humanly realms to complete um, the role that God is supposed to be our everything. We don't look to that person to be our everything. We look to God. So Hannah, I would just love for you to maybe just dig a little deeper and share with the audience, like, how did you find contentment in God's plan for your singleness specifically? And maybe for the listener who's struggling, how would you just encourage them? Like a little caveat of like, and this is how I'd encourage you to fill in the blank. 
Yeah. I think the one really big piece of information that completely changed my mind about singleness was actually a sermon I went to and it was a pretty basic concept, but it hit me so hard. And that was that our identity is that we're loved by God. I think with singleness, I just constantly had my identity as single, even at work and things like that. When people would ask, like, are you dating anyone? And I'd be like, oh, I'm embarrassed because I'm single and something must be wrong with me. And I have to tell, you know, my random coworkers I'm single. Like I would view that as my identity and something that was wrong with me because I don't know, society, something like that. Like I'm supposed to be in a relationship now. I'm supposed to be married now. So it hit me this one sermon that I listened to of no, all of those things aren't my identity. My identity is that I'm loved by God. Mm -hmm. And that means that it doesn't matter if I'm in a relationship because a relationship doesn't mean I'm loved. It's that God loves me. It doesn't mean that, you know, I can freak out because I don't know what my future is going to hold. It means that God has my future and he has good plans for me. So I no longer have to be afraid about, oh, I need to go out to every single experience because the one might be there. And if I don't go out to this thing tonight, then, you know, I might miss that person I'm supposed to meet. No, God has a plan for me. So, you know, I can't change that. I can't, I can't, you know, just manipulate my way into the thing I want. So I think just knowing that God loves you, he has Mm -hmm. a plan for you. He cares about what you're going through right now. And he cares about your experiences, you know, and ultimately that he has the future for you of being in heaven with him. That's what he cares about. That's what he's working towards. That's what everything is. That is huge. And looking at it from that high level perspective of, Hey, someday I'm going to be with God and be happy and see Jesus every day. And like, I won't care about these maybe hundred years of my entire existence where I might've been single. Like, do I want to be upset about those years when my whole existence is just going to be this crazy, incredible thing? Like, should I focus on that? I think it's taking this high level view and seeing like, that's what my whole life is going to be my existence. And these are just a few years and all of that. Yeah. It's really amazing. You know, I, I agree with what you're saying. Of There's such a freedom when you realize that the banner over your life has nothing to do with single mm-hmm. or married or a career title or a business card yeah. um, or an Instagram bio, all of these things that we look to for significance. And when you, when it clicks mm-hmm. and you have that aha moment of I'm loved by the God and creator of the universe yeah. who actually loved me so much that he paid a debt he didn't owe because I owed a debt that I could never pay for myself. Right. When the gospel awakens in your life and you recognize that's my identity, Mm -hmm. I'm a child of the savior. Mm -hmm. I'm his, like I'm his chosen royal priesthood, his special possession. He's created for me Mm -hmm. and destined me for good works that he's already prepared in advance for me to do. That is an amazing aha moment. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, I'm just talking for a second to the leader who maybe you're serving on a college campus, maybe you're pastoring within a local church or a young adult ministry. I just want us to be really careful what we're promising people. Mm -hmm. And here's what I mean. I think that there has been a subculture, some, some call it purity culture, but essentially the idea was, um, I kissed dating goodbye. I'm dating Jesus. And there was kind of a promise with sometimes in youth groups or in churches Mm -hmm. or at retreats where, um, maybe you, you promise 
yourself for purity for for God and your future spouse and that is good mm-hmm. but then there was this um almost like false expectation or precedent at times not everywhere not every church right. not at every, every event but there's some subcultures where um if you read your bible and you pray and you wait God's got a spouse for you Yes. And where you're going to have that? an incredible intimate life together. And right. it's going to be so yep. fulfilling for you on every level. <laughs> and and so yes. that's, that's what I mean. And you can feel free to weigh in on it, but I just really want to encourage the yeah. listener who's leading in a context of a local church or in a community of looking at the new Testament. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to look at a Christ centered relationship. What's a healthy mm-hmm. Christian new Testament relationship. What's a, a Christian sexual ethic, because um, we don't want to promise things on God's behalf that God never agreed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this, I'm so glad you brought this up because this was a really hard realization for me. When I broke off my engagement, everyone was like, oh, God has someone for you. Don't worry. Like you just have to wait and you'll find this person. And I was super encouraged by that, falsely encouraged by it. And then as I started actually opening up the pages of the Bible, I was like, God does not promise anywhere that there is someone out there for me. That is not a promise he's made. He's made other promises of he'll work everything out for good, but that does not mean there is a significant other out there for me. So I think that was like a huge, really hard realization for me, but it was also a freeing realization when I thought it, because it's like, oh, if God is good and he doesn't promise that, then how do I come to terms with this? Like I have to struggle with this and see where the good is in this and why this is okay and why God is doing that. And I think it's good. So yeah, I love that because I think I've heard that many times too of, oh, there's someone out there for you, but that's an encouraging thing we want to hear, but it's not the truth. It's really not the truth. So yeah, I'd love for people to not not say that. <laughs> yeah. And also for the, I also, I also want to lean into this other element of what we're just uncovering right now. And that is the, the realization that we may be guilty at times of elevating marriage and looking down on somebody who's single. Like you have that like realization or in your mind, you're like, well, what's wrong with me? Why am I not married? I'm 30 years old. What am I waiting for? Should I just settle? Like, these are all questions that I've asked and people have asked me. And I just want to encourage listeners, don't just settle. Don't just settle for somebody along the way just because you can. Um, Begin to pray into what God has for you. Pray for your future spouse. Like, there were prayers that I prayed for Josiah that before I even knew him, I'm like, God, if my future spouse, because I felt like God really, like, laid, um, beat a wife on my heart, like, I knew that was in my future, just didn't know the details. And I was like, God, if he's not walking with you or he's, like, going astray in any way, take him in the back alley and just rough him up a bit. Like, if he's not following you, bend him over your leg and give him a womp on the rear, like whatever you need to do to capture his attention. So when he reads the journal that I wrote for him, he's probably just like, oh my gosh, what is she praying for? <laughs> but I mean, I think sometimes when we sit in the pew of the church or we're listening on a podcast and we're like, marriage, 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 woo. And then you get married and you're like, is this really what's all cracked up to be? Like, there's like, it's work and it's fun and it's adventure, but there's sacrifice and there's, there's uncovering of your own character. You're like, oh my gosh, like that was in me. Like I'm an ugly, selfish person. And I think when we escalate marriage because of the benefits, quote unquote, like go with it, like we elevate that. And then we look at the person who's single in the room and I have felt, wow, 
What's wrong with me? Why doesn't anybody rejoice in singleness that I am remaining pure, that I'm not settling along the way, that I can do things without having a spouse holding my hand because I can change my own oil. I can pump my own gas. Like I'm adulting in the process of discovering who I am, not only in Christ, but in my friendship group. So even just keeping in mind that everybody's hurting in some way, whether they're married and or single. And I just want to encourage the listener and just hopefully that encourages you. Like, I think I've been in every chapter that we've talked about and felt those feelings or had people in and of the church be like, Micah, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing wrong with me. I'm praying for my future spouse. Well, you're too picky. No, no, no. I'm not picky. I'm particular because I'm not going to settle for somebody that God does not have just because they're willing to settle for me because that's not fun or fair for anybody, especially when Christ's not the center of it or it's not prayed into. So I don't know. I just love talking about this. Sorry. We're having an (laughs) amazing conversation, Hannah. And one of the aspects of relationships and singleness is that I think that so often, again, and I'm I'm looking at this through the listener who's a leader serving at a local church, and uh, it's no secret that singles are amazing volunteers and have amazing gifts Mm -hmm. that are to be utilized, Ephesians 4, for equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry. And at the same time, there is a opportunity for the local church to add value Mm -hmm. to every people group and every demographic. And I think that so many times Mm -hmm. we as pastors or leaders within the local church look at everything that we can capitalize from a like oh they they bring such to the table and it's like what are we doing to add value to their life because that's what Jesus did is he gave and he served and he he lived his life to be a ransom for many and so I would just say singles are uh, young adults are amazing in to serve in their spiritual gifts and in every department Mm -hmm. of your church and at the same time This is an opportunity for us to ask ourselves, how can we add value to the singles, to the college students, to the young professionals within our community? And on this topic of singleness, and if you could teach everyone one thing about singleness, like looking at all the misconceptions, misunderstandings in our culture, if you could teach everyone one thing about singleness, what would you want them to know? Ooh, that is hard to pick one thing. I feel like it's, I'm, I'm going to go to a basic thing where, you know, Paul says it's good for them to remain single. And that is that God views singleness and marriage as equal for you. Like you're not a better person because you've apparently been promoted to marriage. You are just as good being single as you are being married. There's no difference there of how God views you as, you know, you've, got to the next life level. That's just not true at all. And I totally agree with what you guys were saying before of, you know, we really idolize marriage and I've pondered where this has come from. If it's like some marketing scheme a long time ago where people are like, oh, if you buy our product, then you'll find your significant other because this hair gel made women, you know, flock to you and now they'll like it. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna, you know, market all these things as if you the use them. You'll That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. The yeah. double Axe pits body spray. <laughs> Oh my yeah, God. Yeah. And like, so like we see this and I don't know how long this has been going on in marketing where it's like, oh, if you use this product, you'll find your significant other and you'll be happy using our product and with a mm. significant other. And then we've got, you know, the radio you turn on and there's just all these love songs and that's what sells. And I feel like we're in this 
I don't know, this world where everything that kind of sells is based off of that idea of almost like this fake ultimate happiness in love, but that doesn't exist. We can only have that ultimate happiness with God. So it's Mm -hmm. just the world trying to fill that hole with all these different things. And it it works for a time and it sells for a time and people like that because they're looking for something, but ultimately that's the wrong answer. It's, you know, it's God, it's not a significant other. Maybe it's fair to say this might be a hot take, but the problem with Hallmark is that life lasts longer than an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Even though we yes. love to watch oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> and I yes. just, I, I think that there is pain, there's suffering. We live in a evil, fallen, broken world. And um, there is love and there is joy and there mm-hmm. is hope for yeah. the future. And um, nothing wrong with watching those stories and, and finding encouragement. But when we look, here it is, when we look to a significant other or relationship status for our satisfaction, we're always going to come up dry. Mm-hmm. Jesus mm-hmm. Yeah, is I just the well that is, is the source of life. Yeah. That he's, if you drink from him, you're never going to thirst again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are, I co-led a Bible study on a grief observed by C.S. Lewis, which he wrote right after his wife passed away. Wow. And he makes some point in there to the effect of like, if marriage was the completion of everything for us, then no one would be looking for religion. No one would be looking for promotion. No one would be looking for more after they got married. So if that truly was a completion, then everyone would just get married and be done, you know, with their search in life, with their search for more things. So there's just no way that that can fill what God is. And as great as a significant other can be, like, they're nothing compared to God, even though we love them and they're amazing and everything like that. Like, we're just people and it's amazing, you know, to have that blessing and things like that. But God is just so incredible. It's not going to even come close. I love that you went there and just knowing that, um, no matter what season you're in, I think we can all experience when we are single, right? When we are single or we've lost somebody walking through a breakup, we begin to see things. It's like when you're looking for a new car and the car that you want, you realize everybody has it. When you maybe you're planning for a family and you can't get pregnant, you notice every pregnant woman you come across, you want a haircut, glasses, you notice what you're looking for that you you don't have, but you want, but you haven't yet experienced, right? And I think sometimes in those seasons, if anybody's like me, you get envious, you get jealous, you get frustrated, you get annoyed. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Not like, not a chance. Like, how can we truly celebrate the good and godly things? Even my Christian friends, when they were getting married and engaged, I share this story often. And it's like when I broke up with my past relationship, obviously before Josiah, I was in a relationship for seven years. I broke up in February and those next 12 months, I was invited to one wedding each month. Wow. What a reminder to know that you're single. And I was in my sister's wedding that year too. So just like, Hannah, I would just love for you just to, to lean into like just the concepts of like envy and jealousy while we're in singleness. Like how do we actually celebrate our singleness, come out of the envy and jealousy and celebrate others that we love and we truly want to be happy for them, but we're not because we are so broken ourselves or we haven't walked through those I don't know, the the healing process. Can you speak into that at all? 
Yeah, I think there's the whole, you know, having your foundation that God has me for a reason. And I need to trust that there is a reason for me to be right here, right now, and trust that God has, you know, my friend getting married. And I think for me, it was very easy to say, oh, did they do something that they got this and I didn't? You know, did I miss the sign up? Did something happen that this person, you know, is getting marriage and I'm not? What's going on? But I think once I really, you know, went into my calling of enjoying writing and talking about singleness and all these things, then again, I found it didn't matter that I was single because I liked what I was doing. And, you know, they're getting married. That's a great blessing for them. But I have all these other blessings that are happening in my life that I'm just thrilled with. And I think another thing that really kind of surprised me in singleness was the great opportunity we have to talk about Jesus and to really be a light in singleness. Because what I found is, you know, the world is going the way of everyone should love each other and care about each other. And as Christians, you know, we kind of did that first. It's like, you know, let's help the people in need. Let's do all these things. So I feel like a lot of culture is kind of, you know, oh, kind of similar to Christianity where there's not as many differences. But there's one area where we are so different as Christians, and that is being single. And people don't understand like, oh, you're single and you're not sleeping around. You're not doing these things. Like, how in the world are you living this life? This lifestyle makes no sense to me. And I heard that over and over when I was single. And, you know, people would ask me out on work trips and I'd be like, sorry, I can't sleep with you because I'm Christian. And, you know, I love God and I'm not doing this. And people would just be shocked over and over and over. Like, how can you live this life? This doesn't make sense to me. And that's where there's this huge opportunity to be like, I can live this life because I have God and God's empowering me to do this. And I trust God and God has a plan. So I think, you know, I recently got married and it was like a hard thing to be like, oh, I can no longer use singleness as a great outreach for myself personally, you know, on how I live my life because, you know, now I'm married and that makes more sense and more people are like, oh yeah, you can be married. We get, we get that lifestyle, but singleness and actually following what God says for singleness is a huge testament and just a huge way to let our light shine to people who don't believe on this is what God can do in my life, even though it doesn't make sense to the world, this is what he can do. So I think that's a great thing. And once I started seeing that and God actually like let me meet people where that made somewhat of an impact, I was so happy that I could have that, that when I went to the wedding, it's like, okay, I'm really happy that, you know, this marriage is happening and this is a great picture of what's coming, you know, and, and Christ and us and all of that symbolism and things like that. But I'm really happy because I know God is using me right now. And that is awesome. And I'd much rather have that than, you know, God not using me. So <laughs> yeah, that definitely helped me come to terms with things. It's yeah, incredible. And I think the other thing of what you're talking about really, Hannah, is why single Christians stand out mm -hmm. in a culture where mm -hmm. there's a social norm where, hey, it might be common to, to kind of sample or um, test drive or sleep around or just to experiment. I think that to your mm -hmm. point, really, the Christian sexual ethic is waiting for marriage. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I think that what we also come up against sometimes is that people who are claiming to be Christ followers make it clear on the first date that that's not their intention. And so I just, yep. this is such a common conversation for us that I just want to right. encourage the listener that you don't have to settle for something that violates your conviction. And I would just say, don't compromise for somebody else's pleasure for somebody mm -hmm. else's to, to settle for what, like, so that they don't 
agree with you on self-control and discipline and mm-hmm. honor. And um, so just mm-hmm. such a powerful conversation. And before we get to the five and five, one of the questions that we love to ask mm-hmm. every guest, Hannah, is why they believe in young adult ministry and why investing into discipling the next generation matters so much. Oh, yeah. It's so such an incredible ministry. I know for me as a college student, that is the time where, you know, you're meeting other people, you're getting exposed to so many different beliefs and different ideas, and you're searching and you're trying to figure out what your life is, what you're doing, who you are, all of those things. So I think it's a really vulnerable time where we need so much support and just the more we can get the better to be, you know, exposed to Christian community and have people uplift you. I know even in college alone, just just the workload and things like that were so, so hard for me. So having people who were praying for me, who were encouraging me, you know, who were just telling me how much God loved me during those really, really difficult times is so impactful. And for me too, everything really hard for me happened, you know, right at the end of college too. Um, So there's just a lot to deal with there and having a ministry again to uplift during that time is great. So I think it's great for helping to build a foundation for the rest of your life of, you know, during these times of huge changes, this is what I relied on God for. And now as I go to anything in the future, God is going to continue to help me just like he did in the past. I love that. I love that. And that's such a, an encouraging note to to lean into as leaders and as followers of Christ to know that God has us past, present and future. And he sees us. He knows us. There's desires in us that maybe are lying dormant or have not yet been woken. But allow God to tame your heart in the process of waiting. And when we do that, like we won't be disappointed because he has something and someone or a job or whatever it is. He has a better plan when we do and truly submit to him and we don't settle along the way. And we don't want to settle yet in this conversation, Hannah, because we have five questions. So we're going to have five minutes on the clock. Are you up for our challenge? The five in five. Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Uh, what is God teaching you lately? It can be anything, marriage, whatever you want us to know about you. What is he teaching you? Yeah. Um, well, so I just got married. So lots of things that we talked about before, I think something I knew, but it's been a good reminder with everything I'm talking about is just because I'm married now does not mean that my problems go away. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I had anxiety before and I still have anxiety and I have to, you know, work through that. Things are not going away. So just as I had to rely on God in singleness, I still have to rely on God just as heavily in marriage and make sure I'm making time and doing all the things I was doing as a single person, because that is just as important. Nothing has changed there. So I think that's been a big thing just for me right now in the very temporarily, you know, been married for a very brief time. type of I love it. That's awesome. Okay. One question that we'll lean into then is, was waiting longer than you expected to get married? Yes. With Josh right now, was waiting longer than you expected? Was it worth it? Yes. So worth it. Um, so I think from the time I broke off the engagement, it was about six years to get to writing my book. It took about a year to write my book. And when I had one chapter left, which was a chapter I already kind of had in my mind, that's when I met Josh. And he actually asked me out and I said no, because I'm like, nope, I'm single right now. I don't need to be dating anything like that. Like this is what I'm doing right now. And then we met again at a wedding and he's a really good dancer. And he asked me to dance and we just talked and danced the whole night. And it was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is a good thing. Um, 
so yeah, I, and then two or three years later, we got married. Um, but I think with that, it's really interesting because the person I was going to marry before was kind of the person that checked all the boxes of what I thought was perfect for me. And now I've married, you know, someone else and they're very different than the person that I thought was right for me. So once again, God is just showing like, no, I know so much better than you, what is actually right for you and what is good for you. Um, so yeah, God's again, blown my mind in this aspect too. I didn't expect to get married. I kind of thought like, I'm going to be single forever and that's totally fine. And I'm going to talk about my book and it's going to be good. But in all the waiting and everything, God had someone for me. And yeah, it's been incredible and so amazing. And I'm very happy. Like, I feel like every single thing that's happened to me, I would go through again to get to this point. Like, God's just done so much good stuff with that. That's so good. Okay. So here's a curveball for you, Hannah. If you could ask Josiah and I any question under the sun, what would you ask us today? Ooh, I would say what has been like unique or surprising when it comes to singleness for your ministry? Anything that stuck out that's kind of surprised you with like the next generation? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. You want to go first? (laughs) I know. What I think what has surprised me is that um, even like, it's really easy for me to look at it from a standpoint of we talked about that last year, or we talked about that three months ago mm-hmm. and the need to have that conversation. But here's the reality. Young adult ministry is very transient. So people might be with you a semester, mm-hmm. a year, four years, and to be reminded of the promises of God often mm-hmm. And um, for hope during waiting, I think of Advent too. Like this is why we slow down to remember the babe in the manger. So I think that for me, it's just been surprising that this is a conversation not to just have once and for all. Right. The best conversations are usually ongoing. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. what I've learned working with a lot of women who are single is this incessant need to be married yesterday. And they're like, not even out of college. They're like 20, 21, 22. Like, I want to be married. I want to be married. want to be married. And I guess that's not a bad desire, but what I want to encourage them in their singleness is like, allow God to tame who you are and develop your character before you just jump into a relationship with anybody, before you jump into marriage, before you, you know, jump into the bedroom, before you jump to having kids, like, just, just breathe and allow God to heal any and all things before you say yes. So the desire to get married was in in their hearts is so young. And I can, I say that now because I'm way older than them. So I'm like, okay, I'm like, I don't know, 12, 15 years older than so many of you. But when I was that age, I felt the same thing, you know? So what surprised me is their willingness and their desire to talk about love, sex, dating, and waiting. And they want to know not don't tell me, don't do it. Tell me why I shouldn't, or tell me what God has in store for me in my singleness. And that doesn't necessarily surprise me, but I think people surprise me in the process of what God reveals to them in their season. So to know that we just get to be a little piece in their puzzle or maybe of their story that we can shine light and just, you know, speak truth into their singleness and hopefully just encourage them in that process. So that's what I would think I would say. Yeah. Awesome. It's a fun question, Hannah. And back to you. Question four is the travel question. I know you were just in Hawaii, but 
Is there any place that you guys have on your bucket list that you'd love to travel someday? Yeah, I feel like there's so many, so it's hard to even pick. I think New Zealand is one because it's a longer flight. So every time I look at going, it's like, oh, that would take up a couple of days just flying there. So I always don't do it, but but it looks like such a beautiful place and like Lord of the Rings and all the Chronicles of Narnia, things like that, that were filmed there. Every time I see them, I'm like, I want to go there. It looks so pretty. So mm-hmm. that's a high up one. I just need to wait till prices are cheaper and <laughs> flights are easier to come by. Just work on your second book while you're in the air. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. That's, that's like, now I'm like, oh, I can like, you know, travel around and do this. So this is good. Okay. Yeah. I a great plan. It. I love it. Well, Hannah, here's your final question and time that we have with you today. If you could leave the listener with one word of encouragement, what would you leave them with? Yeah, I think just remember that you are loved by God and don't just, you know, think like I do from the time I was little, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. Think about that means every single day I wake up and God has a plan of what's in store for me. It means he cares about every breath I take. It means he cares about every thought that crosses my mind, whether it's good or bad, he cares and he's paying attention and he has plans and, you know, he knows what is going on and he has such a beautiful future in store for us, whether, you know, it's singleness, marriage, or, you know, something with career, something otherwise, ministry, all of those things. God loves you. And that means that your life is just going to be so incredible with him by your side, no matter what you go through. Never alone, never unloved, Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. with him. He's for us. He's with us. He goes before us. He's our rear guard and uh, Mm -hmm. we're loved by him. Mm -hmm. And that's a great message, Hannah. We just want to say thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. A hundred percent. And hey, for our listeners mm-hmm. who are on the Young Adults Today podcast, we're doing something special tomorrow on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day on our other podcast. It's called FYI for Young Individuals. We're going to dive deep one more time into this topic about worth, the weight, content, and singleness. So be sure to check it out. Share it with any of your single friends. And Hannah, one more time, circling back to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Adult Today Podcast. If you enjoyed it, feel free to subscribe, leave a review, and share this with someone you know.